Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander coming off a wonderful Thanksgiving. Bill, how are you doing? Ah, good morning. I'm doing good, Jason. How about you? I'm good. I'm uh, still full. <laughs> well, I'm a little choked up, this, too, apparently. Truthfully, uh, as I've said before, this is my favorite time of year, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, as. We got together, and it was a, a wonderful family time with the only obligation was good food. That's and right. So I've, 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 I'm, I have to – I feel somewhat apologetic because last week I, I did not give out my pecan pie recipe. Um, you know, my famous pecan pie recipe that – World I, famous. That, exactly. That I stole from my uh, – the recipe I stole from my uh, – um, secretary, legal secretary, years and years and years ago, and um, it's it's just my favorite thing. And of course, it's real simple to make. But um, in fact, I've had I've had clients and and folks call the office for that recipe, and I'm I'm sure we could do that again if anybody wants a really good pecan pie. There recipe. you go. So I'm um, not going to try to take the time to tell folks exactly how to make a pecan pie, but it's, it's really pretty easy because if I can do it, <laughs> anybody, anybody can actually do it. And uh, it, it, uh, the main thing is pecans. That's, you know. That's basically <laughs> that and a crust and you're yeah. most of the way and, home. And uh, actually, in fact, my son came over to the house uh, the other day and he had this great big bag of pecans and I said where'd you get those and actually they were fresh and they were absolutely scrumptious and he's he has a pecan tree uh, near uh, his place and he's just been picking them off the ground and and cracking them and shelling them himself and that's a lot of work that's a lot of work uh, but he had probably three pounds of shelled pecans which uh, so i give him credit for that now was there a, a <laughs> sort of a nudge that hey these would go great in a pie well i did but it didn't work oh, okay. <laughs> he let me have a few and then he took them back and <laughs> took them home and i don't blame him for that but uh, that that's just that's just the way it is and of course um uh, I, I suspect uh, for those football fanatics uh, like me, uh, we've had we've had uh, good uh, TV viewing uh, the last That's right. uh, uh, couple of days, and and of course today's a big day too. You know, the State Carolina game uh, will kick off uh, after the show, <laughs> right after the show, really. Uh, and so uh, I know folks are are uh, looking forward to to watching that, or at least a lot of us are. Uh, and those who aren't are probably out shopping. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Still that's, getting their shopping in. That's okay, too. But anyway, um, the, one of the, the topics that I wanted to, to uh, broach today is gift giving. Uh, this is the season for it. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks out there who've been accumulating you know, for months for this season, if you will. But there are a number of things. Uh, you know, uh, uh, number one, I, I guess I need to go back, but I, I do want to talk about uh, gifting because um, because it's really important for seniors particularly um, because oftentimes there's a lot of pressure on seniors to make significant gifts. And so I want to talk about that. 
but uh, also, um, you, you know, as we gathered around the, the table uh, Thursday, um, family, it's an opportunity to fam- for families to really pay attention to parents and grandparents. Um, and the fact of the matter is, if, if you're one of those families where your observations were such that mom or dad is going downhill, you know, things aren't as good as you thought they were. Because when you don't see somebody every day, um, you notice <laughs> things uh, pretty fast uh, because you haven't uh, seen a gradual decline. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, uh, dad's really declined a lot or, uh, the, the, you know, when you when you observe those kind of things, truthfully, families need to take action right away. I mean, it's not the kind of thing where you should just put it off because one of the things that I've, I've learned in my law practice is the sooner they, that you get to something, uh, the better. Um, uh, and particularly in a crisis, I mean, you, you, when when folks' health, if if their health is failing, it's like a leaky roof. If you um, if you if you don't do anything, if you ignore a leak, you know what happens. It it can destroy your house over time <laughs> because uh, the water leaks in, and then it can destroy. Uh, your ceiling and your floors, and uh, and uh, and the longer you wait, the co- the more costly it is to repair everything. And when it's a small leak and you can repair it right then, uh, then typically the cost is a whole lot less, and and you don't let the damage uh, continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, healthcare is the same way. It's like a leaky roof. So if you spot a small leak, that's the time to take action. And that's at at a minimum, people should at least come to our seminar as it relates to uh, long-term care planning. That's what it's about. And, of course, as you know, uh, the seminar is free. Uh, you know, we don't feed anybody other than we feed you a lot of good information, but it's it's not th- that. And our seminars typically last for about two hours, and we try to give people as much information as they can possibly absorb. Um, and we talk about ju- uh, every uh, program out there that can be uh, helpful uh, to folks uh, who are worried about being able to um, how to take care of a loved one and how to pay for it and how to protect your assets uh, when you get any kind of government assistance or how to reduce uh, how much it costs and what options are available for you in terms of uh, wh- what can you do uh, and how do you do it and how do you pay for it. I mean, that's what our seminar is all about. And the sooner people come and get that information, the better. And of course, um, a lot of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, one of the biggest things for seniors when it comes to that issue is the fact that very, very few seniors, if any, before they see an elder law attorney, have the right documents for seniors. Now, in almost every seminar 
that I do, I'll ask people, you know, do you have your documents in place? Uh, and almost everybody says, yeah, I've, I've got a will, I've got a power of attorney, I've got health care documents. Not everybody. Uh, wish everybody could say mm-hmm. that. But the bottom line is that what I try to teach folks is, okay, you've got your documents, but you don't have the right documents. Uh, because most folks, most seniors don't realize what options they have that they can actually utilize their documents for long-term care planning and asset protection planning. And unfortunately, most seniors have documents that don't work for either one of those things. And that's why people really need to have their documents reviewed by an experienced elder law attorney um, when uh, they get to retirement age. Uh, and if they haven't done when they retired, if they're already, you know, mid-70s or mid-80s and they've never done it, then they better get get to it right away. That, that's important. And I realize that this message is self-serving because that's what we do. But at the same time, um, it's an important message because most folks just blindly say, oh, I've got that. I've got those documents. I, I, I don't want to go have them reviewed. You know, it is um, – you know, it's something you have to put on your agenda and, and get done, uh, but it's it's something that's really, really important, and it can save families hundreds of thousands of dollars if they do it early enough. And, and you know, Jason, I can't tell you how many families I have represented over the years where they, where they come two or three years after they've already suffered issues and it's sort of like, oh, my gosh, if we had only known this, uh, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we came three years too late. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it makes a difference. Timing is important. It really is. And getting ahead of things and staying on top of it and understanding your situation and what fits for you and, more, more importantly, what doesn't fit for you mm-hmm. is so key in that equation. Right. Well, we got more that we want to cover. I know we uh, we didn't get to gifting entirely. We're going to revisit that subject. Uh, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, we'll get to that right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander on this fine Saturday. And Bill, we uh, wanted to get back to gifting. It's well, let's talk message. about gifting yeah. because this is gift giving season. Uh, but also, um, and now I'm really talking to seniors at this point. Um, because uh, those folks, um, you know, obviously I'm all for uh, reasonable Christmas gift giving and, uh, and the like. Uh, we all enjoy this season. It's, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it wears us down, uh, and that's unfortunate. And uh, I think we also need to remember uh, those of us who are blessed um, – and most of us are in terms of uh, we need to to remember those uh, less fortunate than we are. Um, 
but there's a group that's less fortunate than we are in a different way. In other words, they're folks who have plenty to eat and have a warm home, uh, but they've suffered a loss. They've lost their spouse. They've lost a child. They've, they've, um, you know, they're sometimes they're alone. Well, truthfully, for those folks, Christmas can be a very lonely, depressing season as opposed to a joyous one, and so. We need to reach out to those friends. Uh, that's that's a mighty nice gift, quite frankly, and I would recommend that. <laughs> so, and I can, uh, you know, maybe when I uh, get through with the points I want to make on gifting, uh, I can talk about a few uh, worthy causes, uh, and we all hopefully know what a few of those things are, and I certainly have my own list. But the main thing is this is also a time of year when Sometimes children or parents, the children say things like, well, Dad, you're starting to lose it, so you need to give everything to us now so you won't lose it. Well, that's a terrible idea, you know, first of all. <laughs> and But sometimes it's the parents who think, well, you know, I'm getting older. Uh, maybe it's time to go ahead to give away most of the assets now, and my children will take care of me, and and I can get government assistance when I need it, um, and uh, and the like. So there's, so, I mean, there's sometimes it goes both ways. But I would be the first to tell you, as a person who helps people get uh, government assistance and does asset protection planning for my clients. That's the worst thing that you can possibly do. It's only those folks who don't understand how the rules work that would encourage you to give everything away. Uh, truthfully, giving everything away can be horribly dangerous for the seniors uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, there, there are some attorneys out there who basically are encouraging seniors uh, to put their property in what we call a five-year trust. In other words, put it all into an irrevocable trust and then wait five years, uh, and then you'll uh, be eligible for certain types of government assistance, if, particularly if you have to go into a nursing home. And first of all, you know, who's to say that you're going to have to go into a nursing home? Because you don't know. We, none of us know our future in, in that, that sense. And nursing home is the highest level of care. Maybe you'll never need that aggressive care. Um, seniors want to maintain independence. They want to maintain control. I know this because I am one. <laughs> okay? Uh, and so... Um, but let's look at all the negatives as it relates, because what I'm here to tell you is that is if you have the right documents in place, you can maintain independence and you can maintain control much, much longer without creating one of these irrevocable five-year trusts or three-year trusts in, in some cases. So now, is that an option? It is an option, but it's just one of many options. It's not your only tool. Uh, now, I've said trust as opposed to direct gifts to children because when you make a direct gift to, to a child or children, the fact of the matter is you can be gifting right in uh, to uh, huge problems because your children can lose your money and your property uh, more easily than you can. 
you know, uh, that's something for everyone to consider because let's say that you you give uh, your children a bunch of your assets in order to try to protect them. Well, your children can can be involved in a, a horrific uh, car accident and be sued for everything that they own. Uh, they can go through a divorce. They're probably much more likely to go through a divorce than you are as a senior. <laughs> so, um, you know, bad things happen to our children. Sometimes our children get into a tight spot, and guess what they do? The property's in their name, so can they legally spend it even though you're expecting them to save it for you? Well, of course they can. In fact, they may spend it with the intentions, oh, I'll put it back, you know, and does it ever get back? We know the answer to that. No, it doesn't. It's gone. And so that that's a, a, a huge problem because, you know, while children might have good intentions, sometimes bad things happen to them and they get into a tight spot. And guess what? Your retirement future is, is put at risk because of what – you actually did. So direct gifts to children are typically fraught with it, with a lot of danger. Now, there are tax reasons why gifting can be a really bad idea as well. I suspect we need to take a break. You have that look in your on your face, Jason. So <laughs> Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, some of the financial issues where a gift can actually cost you money, uh, whereas if you retained the property, it, it would not cost you anything. <laughs> so it makes a big difference to folks. So I want to talk about that when we get back. Well, that sounds very fascinating. We'll hear that in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680. WPTF. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. If you want to find more about Bill, you can go to his website, WGA Law. That's WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're having a discussion on gifting, Bill. Mm -hmm. And uh, just before the break, you were mentioning that there are situations where gifting can really cost you big time. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So here's the thing. What's the big asset that parents, seniors want to make sure they protect? What do you think that is, Jason? I'll say they're home. Absolutely. That's the biggie. And more often than not, seniors have lived in their home for many years, and they bought it maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. And it has appreciated significantly in value over the years. Um, and, and so it may be that 40 years ago, uh, you bought a home for twenty thousand dollars, and today, forty years later, it's worth three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Well, that's called appreciation. All right. Now, here's the thing that folks need to know. Number one, just because you gift it doesn't mean that the government's going to take care of you. You know, five years later, that 
you know, not true at all, and I'll come back to that. But let's talk about the negatives. Number one, if you actually needed the money, because we're really talking about seniors who are worried about running out of money during their lifetime, okay? Uh, and that's a huge concern, and tr- truthfully, it, it is most seniors have that worry, and it's a legitimate worry, Okay. So let's say you want to protect the house to make sure that the kids get it upon your death, um, but you you give it away. You know, you've transferred it directly to your children so they now own it. But you're still living there. You know, that's the agreement. And you're, you're going to try to live there the rest of your life. But you go down the road a few years, and it's like, ooh, uh, we, we need to – go to assisted living or we can't stay at home anymore. It's not dangerous for us to be at home. And we don't have quite enough money, so we need to sell the house. It happens to many, many families. Well, okay. Uh, if the children own the house and they sell it, and it's the same situation I was talking about. You bought the house for 20000 It's now worth $320,000. That would create a $300,000 capital gain. Now, the children have no exemptions whatsoever as it relates to the sale of the house. So when they sell the house in North Carolina, they will be taxed about $75,000 federal and state tax. That's a lot of money. So you got 20% federal tax on $300,000. That's the gain. And then you have state income tax, which is normally going to be around 5% or a little bit more. So bottom line, both together, about $75,000. So what, how much do you net out? Well, at, you know, if you sell for three twenty dollars after closing costs, you get three, maybe about three hundred, dollars and then you subtract that seventy five. dollars So you have about um, $225,000 rather than $300,000 from the sale in order to uh, make things right. However, if you still own the house and you sold the house, then you would have an exemption and you'd pay no income tax at all because of that exemption on your primary home. Well, $300,000 is better than $225,000 and it lasts a whole lot longer because you got $75,000 more in your pocket to help pay for your care during the rest of your life. Um, Now, if you're fortunate enough to stay in your home the rest of your life and you die at home uh, while owning the house, then your children, when they inherit the house, they get what's called a step-up in income tax basis. So what that basically means is that uh, their – the bottom line on their income tax for the capital gain is the fair market value of your home at your death. So if your house is worth $320,000, their take your children inherit the house with the fair market value being $320,000, which becomes the new basis. That's why tax lawyers like us say – there's a step up in basis from twenty thousand your purchase price up to the value when you die three twenty. So if your basis is three twenty and your children sell it after your death 
for $320,000, you have no income tax, or they have no income tax at all. They get it tax-free. In fact, they probably get a little tax loss because of the closing costs involved, uh, which they can write off for a few years. But it's the kind of thing where folks have to know that how they make a gift actually uh, can create uh, tax liability for the receiver of the gift. And I'm not talking about gift tax. I'm talking income tax because nobody has to pay gift tax. Yeah, that, that's the, another myth. You know, all we you – know, <laughs> gift tax right now uh, is only – on the gift tax is on the giver, not the receiver. And you can give away $15,000 a year – uh, gift tax free to any one person every year, and a married couple can give one person thirty thousand dollars because it's you know two people together. Um, now, what a lot of folks don't realize is that we have a lifetime exemption as well. And today, your lifetime exemption, my lifetime exemption, everybody's lifetime exemption is eleven point one two million dollars for our lifetime. So most of us can give away our entire estate multiple times without ever paying a cent in gift tax. Um, now, that doesn't mean we should give it away. It just means we don't have any gift tax when we do make significant gifts because you can create taxable uh, gifts when you create a trust, but nobody's got to pay the tax in terms of doing it. And a trust allows you to at least set all the parameters and keep some control over the assets when you create a, a trust. And sometimes you create a trust where you're your own trustee and that works, or sometimes you need to let your children be the trustee. But uh, trust can be very, very useful for making transfers when transfers are appropriate. Plus, when you use trust, you can retain your tax exemptions. You can retain your ability to sell your house with no tax. You can, you can retain the children's ability to receive a, a step up at your death when they receive the property out of the trust. So there are a lot of advantages where you get all the good and none of the bad <laughs> when you create a trust. And so we do like trusts in our planning. But now I know we probably need to take another break. But when we come back, I want to talk about another aspect of gifts because there's this myth out there that if you give everything away, then the government's going to take good care of you in your old age. And that is just not true at all. It's a myth. Don't do it. So I want to explain that when we come back. Yeah, and that seems like a popular myth, too. So I'm interested to have that one busted. So stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. To asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us here on this weekend. And uh, Bill, we're talking all about gifting because it is that season. 
and uh, you were uh, sending us a warning about a popular myth that you hear when it comes to gifting. Absolutely. And so uh, the bottom line is is that uh, there are folks out there who mistakenly believe that if they give everything to their children, uh, then after a few years, three years, five years, whatever, that the government will take care of them, that they'll be eligible for all of these programs and all of that good stuff. And the fact of the matter is, is that for most of us, that is just not true at all. Uh, even me- means tested programs. Uh, now, uh, the bottom line is that if you're going to give property away because you could, in fact, uh, game the system in some way, uh, then a trust is clearly the best way to do it. But let's just willy-nilly say we give everything away, and we gave it away 10 years ago, and we have no assets. Um, So what's out there for us to take care of us? Okay, well, the bottom line is... Every program that is what we call a means-tested program, those are programs that are designed to help take care of folks who are less fortunate. Well, uh, all every means-tested program that I'm aware of uh, has two components. One is assets, and the other is income. And for many programs, it's household income. It's not just your income, but it's your the income your income plus your spouse's income. Not always, but sometimes it is. So there is one thing that seniors have that a lot of other folks don't have. You know what that is? What's that? Automatic income. Oh, Where do you right. think they get it from? Social Security. Absolutely. That's one of the one things that we have. Now, for most, social, for most folks, Social Security isn't quite enough to live on, but there are an awful lot of seniors out there that that's the only income they have, and that's exactly what they are trying to live on. Pretty hard to do. But the bottom line is that uh, if your income from Social Security or any other source is too high, then the program is not available to you. So, And you have you know, several different income caps out there. Uh, One of them is under $1,000 a month. So if your income is over that, then you're not going to be eligible for Medicaid at home, even if you have no assets at all. So that means, okay, you have Medicare, um, but you don't have any long-term care uh, help, uh, and um, uh, and you have a lot of copays and deductibles as it relates to your health because Medicare has a lot of gaps in it as it relates to uh, health care coverage. And so the bottom line is um, if you don't have that additional assistance, then you're on your own. Okay, and well, all right, what if you are a little worse off and you need – assisted living. Well, if your gross income is over, um, you know, $1,272, it's, I might be off a dollar or two, but it's in that ballpark, and that's gross income, then you're out of luck. There's no help at all. So if, now that's gross income. So if your net income from Social Security is $1,150 a month, 
you're out of luck. That uh, it doesn't matter if you have no assets. It, it doesn't matter if you gave anything away or if you've never had assets. The bottom line is, if your income is too high, there is no help for you. It, there's a big hole in the safety net for folks who need assisted living because the bottom line is $1,150 is not going to get you any kind of assisted living. $1,150 is hardly enough to pay for groceries and and utilities and your medicine. So it, it certainly doesn't pay for any long-term care help, and there's no assisted living place out there that will take you for $1,150, period. So if your um, income is over that, then there's no government assistance at that level. Now, if you need nursing care, then that level of income is not a problem. But how many people raise their hands and say, yes, I want to live in a nursing home? <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, the bottom line is if, if uh, any – any middle-class family that needs Medicaid if for nursing facility care, yeah, I can help them get there. But if your income is too high, then your ability to get care at home or in the assisted living, whereas, and that's the levels of care where either people want to be or what they need the most. Uh, they need a little bit of assistance to be safe. Uh, they want to stay at home, or they want the least restrictive environment that they can possibly have. In other words, they want to be able to be as independent as they can be, and sometimes assisted living or independent living can give them uh, that opportunity. But bottom line is they're not going to get financial assistance under those circumstances. Now, there's one exception to that rule, and we talk about that. Uh, that. That's for families who have a veteran who served during a period of war. We call that the veteran's pension benefit. And so uh, we can help uh, veterans uh, for that particular benefit. It's not a pension. I have to say that every time. It's, it's a long-term care reimbursement program, and it is a means-tested program. So some of these rules apply there, too. They're just the VA has more complicated uh, rules, unfortunately, and they've just gotten far more complicated than they, than they were uh, before. Um, uh, but the, to the degree that you have a, a, a person, uh, a, a parent or a, um, a spouse – uh, who served uh, in the U.S. military during a period of war, uh, then there is a potential benefit there, which is really important to folks, and we can help veterans there. We are uh, accredited by the VA uh, to be uh, advisors for these benefit programs. I will say the VA program, unfortunately, is extraordinarily tricky, uh, and we've just seen their new application form for under the new rules, uh, and it looks more like a tax return than a VA application. It, it is the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, horribly complicated, and, um, and it's just the VA's attempt to deny claims, keep denying claims. That's what the VA is all about, unfortunately. I wish it were, were not true, but it's more, it's just become more and more that way. 
Uh, but the bottom line is this. Folks need to understand that they need to keep their money. They need to control their money. They need not to give their, their uh, money away or their assets away uh, uh, unless they do it in a structured plan with very good advice, uh, not just long-term care advice, but tax advice. Um, uh, it's just extremely important. And, and there's one other piece that's really important that folks need to know because Medicaid – uh, has a look-back rule of five years. And what are they looking for in their look-back? It doesn't mean if you give things away that you're not going to be eligible because we can undo gifts for the most part as it relates to Medicaid applications, not for every family, but for many. Um, and, and so uh, the, the bottom line is, is that they're not looking for transfers between spouses. So you can transfer anything you want to from one spouse to the other without any issue relating to Medicaid. With that said, what they're looking for in the look-back period is transfers to children and grandchildren. Uh, now, they say, although you know, every county is a little bit different, that they don't count normal historical gifts. In other words, you know, at Christmas time and birthdays and anniversaries, there's a small gift given, maybe $50, maybe $100, maybe even several hundred dollars of, of gifts. As long as you do that every year and it's a historical pattern, then they're not supposed to count those gifts. Uh, but um, oftentimes seniors want to if they have plenty of money and they're not worried about running out, uh, they tend to be more generous, particularly this time of year. And uh, there are some fortunate families out there where the parents, you know, give each child, you know, five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars a year. Whoopee! Uh, and hopefully those families never have to worry about government assistance of any kind whatsoever. I mean, because obviously when you're given those kind of dollars, then typically you're not worried about running out of money ever, even if you have a long-term care crisis. Um, but, uh, but the bottom line is, is that you do have to understand that if you do get real generous as a senior, that it will, if, if you later on, uh, need assistance uh, such as nursing care within the five years of a significant gift, then we have to undo that gift to get you eligible right away. And of course, uh, the the biggie, the big news is that um, you don't have to give everything away five years in advance in order to be eligible for Medicaid. Almost all of our clients with Medicaid planning, uh, you know, if we can get in front of a long-term care crisis, that's great. But an awful lot of our clients come to us when they're already in crisis. And by crisis, I mean mom's in rehab and we can't take her home because we can't take care of her. Uh, she's got to go to a nursing home. What do we do? Um, I mean, that's a crisis financially. And uh, there's uh, very few families out there that can afford to pay 7000 to 7500 or $8,500 a month for nursing care. You know, money gets gone real fast when you're paying those kind of bills. And that's why getting on Medicaid very quickly is important to those families. And that's where they need to come see us to let us help them do that. Um, so anyway, that's uh, some of the things that folks need to understand as it relates 
uh, to uh, gifting. It's, so it's just really, really important because um, most folks get bad advice when it comes to how to structure gifts as seniors. And hopefully we can help prevent that. Yeah. And that's got to be frustrating because, you know, you're trying to do something good and it's doing something <laughs> from the heart. And then there's all these unintended consequences that surround yeah. it that uh, could really, really put a damper well, on what well, you thought was going to be something well, special. More, more often than not, we, we see it after the fact right. and it's how do we cure it. But, yeah. you know, if we can prevent it, you know, prevention is better than the cure. <laughs> That's right. Well, if you want to get on the prevention side, go over to WGALaw.com. Get a hold of Bill. You can also call the office to schedule an appointment, 919-256-7000. Or maybe you're uh, you're in inside the crisis right now and you need some help. Again, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Listening to Asset Protection today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we uh, wrapped up a discussion all on gifting. I thought this was a, a timely discussion that we had here today. Well, thanks, Jason. Uh, you, you know, I, I do need to tell folks because there are a lot of folks that uh, like to sign up for our, our seminars, and we hope to have a good group in December. Uh, our seminar is the second Wednesday in December, uh, but I do need to make an announcement, and that is we will have two seminars that day. We will have one at 10 o'clock and one at 2 o'clock. We uh, will not have our 6.30 seminar in December. You know, normal in almost every, every time we'll do three seminars, you know, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. But in December, we're canceling the evening seminar, you know, because it's such a busy time for everyone. And a lot of folks, when they get off of work, they, uh, they actually need to get out and go, go shopping or whatever, do those gift <laughs> giving. That's right. But the bottom line was we're only going to do two seminars uh, in December, uh, in the morning and in the afternoon. And we do hope to have a, a, a good group uh, because it's, if it's uh, needed by your family, it's timely, it's important to get the information. And it's certainly well worth a couple hours of folks' time to get that information. So we do hope uh, that folks will take us up on that free seminar. Exactly. And as you said earlier in the program, you know, if you noticed uh, mom and dad maybe aren't doing as well as you thought they were uh, this past Thanksgiving and you want to maybe find out some more information, now's a great time to do it. That seminar is December 12th. Again, that's the second Wednesday of every month that Bill does this. We're only doing the morning and afternoon sessions, but we'll pick back up with all three in January. You know, the other thing I have to tell folks that um, my 50th high school reunion is coming up next oh, June. Oh, wow. And so, I, you know, I've graduated from T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia, and a lot of folks are familiar with that school because it's the Remember the Titans movie made it famous. But uh, our 50th, if you can believe that, that, you know, I don't make a secret of my age as it relates to that, but I have to do a directory. So if you know anyone who graduated from T.C. Williams High School in 1969, the most wonderful year of all, 
then uh, please have them get in touch with me because I'm trying to create a directory for our class. I Back um, a long, long, long time ago, I was actually our senior class president, so I had to volunteer to do something to help our committee get a, a great class reunion together. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it, seeing folks uh, again after 50 years. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. You being the senior class president doesn't surprise me in the least, Bill. Well, we are out of time for today. Uh, if you want to connect with Bill, WGALaw.com is the place to do it. WGALaw.com. You can also call the office, 919 919- Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand. That's the number to call if you want to get a hold of Bill. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. We hope you'll do it again next Saturday at eleven. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.